Amen. Acts chapter 9. We've indicated subject tonight is a beautiful woman. That beautiful woman is Dorcas. And I'm sure by the time we're finished tonight, you'll agree with me. Verse 36 is our text. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. There was at Joppa a certain disciple. Where have you heard that name Joppa before? Until we come to Acts 9, it was a place that would not be remembered with any great fondness. Turn please to the prophet Jonah. You say, ah, oh, that's where I heard the name before. Jonah chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against them, for their wickedness has come up before me. And Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and he went down to Joppa. There it is. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare off thereof and went down into it to go with them on the Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So Jonah was familiar with this sea coast town of Joppa. Joppa is associated then with disobedience, the disobedience of, of the prophet Jonah. Now we turn to the New Testament. And here we read about Joppa again. This time, the circumstances associated with it are very, very different. The name Joppa is a name that means high, height. It also means beauty. Joppa means Beulah. And when we visit Joppa with Peter, we find one who was known for her beauty. No, we're not talking about physical beauty, but a spiritual beauty. Scriptures tell us that there is a beauty in holiness. Darkness was a holy woman as we will see. Indeed, her very name speaks of beauty. Not only the place, but the name of the person speaks of beauty. 
the name Tabitha is her Hebrew name. Dorcas is her Greek name. Both names, of course, mean the same. They mean gazelle, young deer. The gazelle is known as a lovely, graceful creature. And this woman in Joppa certainly lived up to her name. She was a lovely, beautiful, gracious individual. And Dorcas is typical of those Christians of whom Paul spoke, being steadfast and being unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Because really that's what is recorded here about Dorcas. The work that she did in the Lord's name. So let us consider the life of Dorcas, a woman of great spiritual beauty. want you to notice first of all Dorcas and her reputation being introduced to Dorcas we're immediately told about her reputation the reputation she had as a believer there in that city of Joppa we're told first of all about her witness Look at the witness she had in Joppa. Verse 36. Now there was a Joppa, a certain disciple. So we're told straight away she was a child of God. A certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation was called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works. An alms deeds, which she did. So here's her witness in the place called Joppa. Now we're not told who else lived in Joppa, but we are certainly told that there was one of the Lord's children living in Joppa, and that child of God was Dorcas, reminding us that the Lord never leaves himself without a witness. And Dorcas was the Lord's witness there in Joppa. She was a witness for the Lord. Just as we, every one of us, ought to be a witness for the Lord wherever we live, wherever we work. He was a certain disciple, an earnest believer. She was a disciple followed the Lord diligently and identifying herself with the people of God. Now in the days of Dorcas it was not popular to be a disciple of Christ. Of course, when is it popular? But particularly in those days but we see what is written about her in these few verses she reminds us of Caleb 
What do we read again in that verse 9? Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabith, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds which she did. That reminds us of Caleb. For we read in Numbers 14, verse 24, Caleb, he was a man of another spirit, had another spirit with him, and he followed the Lord fully. He followed the Lord fully. The Lord says he followed me fully. So it wasn't the testimony of somebody else about Caleb. This was the Lord's own testimony. He followed me fully. The word fully, as you might imagine, means to fill in or to fill up. So you look at the life of Caleb, you look at the life of Dorcas, and you find their lives were filled up with the Lord. Filled with Christ. That's what it is to be a true disciple of the Lord Jesus. Living a life that is full of Christ. That's what it is to be a true disciple. And certainly when you look at Dorcas, she was a true disciple. Her life was full of Christ. We'll see more of that in a moment or two. So there you have her witness. A witness to live the life that was full of Christ. As well as her witness, we're told something about her works. Speaking about following the Lord fully, we see that's what Dorcas did. This woman was full of good works. So the word full is used to describe Dorcas. As well as being used to describe Caleb, the Lord said he has followed me fully. And here we read that this woman was full of good works. Her life was full of service for her Lord. The Apostle James tells us, James 2 verse 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. In other words, there's no spiritual life in that person who professes to know the Lord, but his life or her life is void of works. There's nothing there. James says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And the works that was wrought here by Dorcas was evidence that she had a living, saving faith in Christ. Notice, it's not the works that produce faith. It never is. 
yet many, many, many down through the years and centuries they believe that if they do good works they'll be in heaven though they won't for every work every good work that they estimate as being good every good work is stained by sin they'll not get into heaven by works by grace are you saved through faith what is it by by works or by grace not of works lest any man should boast not of works lest any man should boast and yet here here is a woman and we see that her faith in Christ produced the works not the other way round it's not the works that produce faith rather it is faith in Christ that produces the works and here is a woman who was full of good works and alms deeds. We want to please our Saviour. So like Mary of old, remember what the Lord said of Mary? After she came under a barrage of criticism for anointing the Lord, Judas of course led the criticism, but all the disciples joined in. When she anointed the Lord, Judas said, what a waste. And the Lord stood up for her. It's always good to have somebody to stand up for you. And Christ will always stand up for you whenever you're doing that which is right. The Lord said, let her alone. Let her alone. She had done what she could. And you know, that's all the Lord expects that we do what we can that we do what we can for the Lord and certainly that was the case of Dorcas she did what she could without a doubt Dorcas pleased her Lord because she was full of good works Paul prayed to that end for the believers that come outside Colossians 1 verse 10 that ye might walk worthy of the Lord you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God that's how you work you walk worthy of the Lord. You live a fruitful life unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Well, when we look upon Dorcas, we see a woman who most certainly lived a life that pleased the Lord, a life that was fruitful in every good work and in her good works she bore a striking likeness to the Savior she was a Christ-like disciple we read there in her text she was full 
of good works and alms deeds which he did. When you look at Christ, Acts 10, verse 38, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with them. He went about doing good. The Lord Jesus was full of good works and alms deep, and Dorcas was like him. Believer is not what we want. Don't we want to be like Christ? What can I do for the Lord? That was really Dorcas. Full of good works and alms deeds. So we see her witness a certain disciple in Joppa we see her works full of good works and alms deeds then we see her willingness full of good works but it doesn't end there full of good works and so she was already full of good works And alms deeds. She's full of good works, but she finds other things to do as well. That speaks of her willingness. She was full of good works. Dorcas could have said, That's it, I've done enough. Let somebody else do it. But that wasn't the mind or the heart or the spirit of Dorcas. She was full of good works and alms deeds. <clears throat> you know, we find in a Christian who's full of good works, Christian like Dorcas. You'll find many alms in their life. Here's one here, full of good works and alms deeds. And those who are like Dorcas, there'll be many an and in their life. They'll do this and they'll do the other and they'll do something else. They're always busy for the Lord. Dorcas's life was full of ands. Such a believer was Dorcas, full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. You notice that? Full of good works and alms deeds, it doesn't finish there. Full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. She did them. In other words, she wasn't such an individual who promised to do something but never did she was full of good works and alms deeds which she did she did what she set out to do she didn't leave it filled her life with good works and alms deeds which she did 
alms days. What does that mean? Full of good works and and she wasn't only full of good works, she was also that alms day. What does alms day mean? The word alms day here means acts of kindness. Now don't we get a lovely picture of this woman, Dorcas? Full of good works and acts of kindness. And you know the Lord takes notice of acts of kindness. Look over to the next chapter, chapter 10. Regarding Cornelius. Verse 1, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. A devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people <coughs> and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour, and the day an angel of God cometh, uh, coming into him, saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, This is the Lord. Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial unto God. God took notice of Cornelius and his alms deeds, his acts of kindness. Not a lovely phrase, acts of kindness. And Dorcas was full of good works and acts of kindness once more she was like the Savior that's what made her so lovely that's what made her such a beautiful woman she was Christ like when you look at the public ministry of the Lord Jesus and sure his public ministry is filled with acts of kindness good works and acts of kindness as it made up his public ministry, his life upon earth. Good works and acts of kindness. Just like Christ. Let us strive to be like Christ with good works and acts of kindness. So consider darkness and her reputation That means us now to consider darkness and her removal. We see just how suddenly this dear, lovely Christian woman was removed from the scene. See, first of all, her passing. Notice the words. And it came to pass in those days she was sick and died it came to pass in those days what days in the days 
when she was full of good works and acts of kindness in those days that's when she passed away that's when she took ill in those days in the days of her good works in the days of her alms deeds she was taken away in the middle of her good works in the middle of her alms deeds as she was busy for the Lord she was taken away here's Dorcas and she was living faithful life for the Lord and you know something living for the Lord as Dorcas was doing does not exempt any Christian from sickness or death one man of whom nothing is written about with regard to sin there's Joseph and there's Daniel in the Old Testament you read their lives and there's no mention of them committing sin that doesn't mean to say they weren't sinners they were of course but you don't read about their sin and yet this is what we read about Daniel Daniel that man of God and I Daniel fainted and was sick certain days Daniel 8 and 27 so there's Daniel a holy man God fearing man a man of whom nothing is written about his sin yet we're told I Daniel fainted and was sick certain days there's a certain people who tell us Christians should never be sick I'm talking nonsense Daniel was sick they say oh there must be some sin in your life if you're sick Job was sick and yet the Lord said of him there was none like him he feared God and eschewed evil things he turned away from evil Daniel. Job was sick Daniel was sick you turn to Philippians 2 and there in verse 25 yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus my brother and companion and neighbor and fellow soldier and your messenger and he that ministered to my wants here's a man was full of good works and he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that he had heard that he had been sick so you look there to verse 25 and see how he labored for the Lord full of good works and alms deeds and yet the next verse we're told he had been sick Paul goes on to say for indeed he was sick nigh unto death the Lord led him aside for a while but God had mercy on him and not on him only but on me also lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow 
the Lord was pleased to raise up Epaphroditus. But the point we're making is the most godly of all men and women, the most spiritual individuals can fall sick. Dorcas was sick. But then we're told and she died. In those days, in the middle of her works, what she was doing for the widow, she was taken away. Something like that happens, it's hard to explain. Robert Murray McShane. Holy McShane. Passed away in his 30th year. Also, David Brainard, missionary, around the same age. Two mighty men of God doing a great work for God. And yet, in the will of God, the Lord took them away. And here we see that Dorcas was sick and died. In those days, she was busy for the Lord, and the Lord took her away. As well as her passing, we notice next the plea. Having laid the body of Dorcas in an upper chamber or an upper room in her home, some of the believers in Joppa knew that Peter was in the area and they sent for him to come immediately. Verse 38 And for as much as Lydah was nigh to Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there they sent on to him two men desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. He would not delay to come to them. And you can read over that verse and not think anything of it. But you look at those words and there's something quite remarkable that we find in the words there of verse 38. Why did they send for Peter in the first place? Dorcas was dead. Were they sending for Peter that he might come and minister to those widows and seek to bring them comfort? Did they just want the apostle to come and minister to them who were sorrowing? For why would they send for Peter? Since Dorcas was dead. Was this not an amazing act of faith? On the part of the disciples gathered there in Joppa? For listen, up until this point, up until this point, there is no record 
of any of the apostles raising the dead up until this point. And so was their sending for Peter not an evidence of their faith in the power of the risen Christ? Peter of himself couldn't do anything. But they sent for Peter and evidently they believed that Christ could raise Dorcas up through the ministry of Peter. Perhaps they were aware of what the Lord had told his apostles when the Lord was with them. Matthew 10 verses 7 and 8 you read there the Lord called his 12 apostles equipped them for the work they were called to do and there in verses 7 and 8 of Matthew 10 and as ye go to preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand heal the sick cleanse the lepers there it is raise the dead raise the dead cast out devils freely ye have received freely give in other words the Lord before he sent the apostles out which he did after the, the day of Pentecost before he sent them out he equipped them he equipped them he gave them power to preach to heal the sick cleanse the lepers raise the dead cast out devils freely ye have received freely given so evidently the Lord had equipped the apostles to raise the dead the Lord told them to raise the dead and so sending for Peter showed that they had not so much faith in Peter but faith in the risen Christ that of course is the resurrection and the life that's why they sent for Peter they believed that Christ through Peter could raise Dorcas from the dead As well as the passing and the plea when they pleaded for Peter to come we notice then the praise the praise we read in verse 39 then Peter arose and went with them when he was come they brought him into the upper chamber and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing their coats and garments which darkness made while she was with them and by so doing they were praising darkness for her good works and her alms deeds they showed these things on the Peter windows the room was 
fill the widows. The widows stood by him weeping, showing their coats and garments which darkness made while she was with them. There's her arms days. There's her acts of kindness. And she's a lovely woman. If we knew someone like that today, know what we would say? We'd say that's a lovely Christian woman. That's really what the widows were saying. Widows were the needy people. Very needy. Because they lost their husbands. And the husband was usually the breadwinner of the home. And there they were. They had no means of income. And what Dorcas did for the widows. Would have been part of her good works and her alms days. Or her acts of kindness. Doesn't that show us the heart of darkness? She had a heart for the needy. She had a heart for the for the, the widows. Doesn't that show us that she was indeed very Christ-like? We already said the Lord filled his public ministry with good works and alms deep with acts of kindness and here we have this lovely woman following in her saviour's footsteps and when Peter entered that upper room he was shown evidence of the acts of kindness that had been wrought by darkness and what was said of Abel could be said of darkness. What was said of Abel? He being dead yet speaketh. That could be said of darkness. She being dead, yet her good works and acts of kindness speak volumes for her. As the widow showed Peter, all there in the upper room. all this spoke to Peter and showed him what a lovely beautiful woman this Dorcas was full of good works and acts of kindness James chapter 1 verse 27 pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. Pure religion and undefiled before God is this. This is what it is. This is what pure religion is. James said, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. And they keep himself unspotted from the world. Well, that's exactly what Dorcas did. Visited the widows. When did you visit them? In their affliction. When they didn't have very much. When they were poor. And couldn't find, couldn't afford clothing. Dorcas made the clothing for her. 
quite loud. And her acts of kindness. What we have learned about darkness would surely prompt us to say, What a beautiful woman. What a lovely Christian. So, having considered darkness and her reputation, darkness and her removal, you see, finally, darkness and her resurrection. Darkness and her resurrection. Something very interesting here. Over in Mark. Give me a turn to Mark, please. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, we read about Jairus and the death of his 12-year-old daughter. Now you recall, when the Lord went to the house of Jairus, he brought three disciples, Peter, James, and John. So Peter was there. Peter was there in the room with the Lord. And it's remarkable, the similarities that we have between the raising of Jairus' daughter and the raising of Dorcas. First of all, we notice the prayer. If you just keep your pillar marker in, in Mark 5, in the raising of Jairus' daughter, and we go back to our reading in Acts 9, we have the prayer. We read, Verse 49, sorry, verse 40. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed. He kneeled down and prayed. But notice what he did before he prayed. He put everybody out. What did the Lord do? when he entered the house of Jairus and was brought into where Jairus' daughter lay there were the mourners there and he put them all out he did exactly the same verse 40 of Mark, thought, of Mark 5 the Lord said she's not dead, she's sleeping and they laughed him to scorn but when he had put them all out I wonder did Peter remember I'm sure he did did he remember being in the house with the Lord and the raising of Jairus' daughter because here's Peter and he did exactly the same thing he put them all out you know you'll never make a mistake following the Lord's example and here we have Peter and he followed the Lord's example the Lord put all the so-called mourners out. They were weeping and wailing and mourning. And when the Lord said, she's not dead, sleep with it, they laughed him. So their sympathy didn't run very deep. It was all a sham. But the Lord put them all forth 
And that's what Peter did. The Lord and Peter didn't want to make a show of raising up individuals from the dead. Does that bring before your mind the so-called healers today? When they rent a big stadium, big stage, they get people up on the stage, put hands on them and they all fall backwards. That in itself is, is contrary to scripture. Because when the Lord touched anybody, they didn't fall back, they fell forward. They fell down at the feet of Christ. They make a whole show of their antics. Not the Lord. The Lord put, as you like, if you like the spectators, put them all out. They're just Jairus, his wife, the three disciples, and the twelve-year-old on her deathbed. Notice next then the words spoken by the Lord and Peter are almost identical. Look there at Mark five. Verse 41. He took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talithi, good night. What did Peter say? When he put them all out, turning him to the body, said, Tabitha, arise. In the original, the words are identical. Again, you can't go wrong whenever you follow the Lord's example. We're told also that in Mark 5, the Lord said to her, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise, verse 41. And straightway the damsel rose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. What did Peter do? Peter took her by the hand. That's what the Lord did. And Peter we read, and when she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her his hand. And lifted her up. Verse 41 in Acts 5, or Mark 5, we read, and he took the damsel by the hand. Peter did exactly the same thing. He took Dorcas by the hand. He did exactly what the Lord did. Presented the damsel, the twelve-year-old daughter of Jared, back to her parents and they were astonished and rejoiced and what rejoicing there was whenever Peter by the power of God raised up darkness and returned her to the widows 
as well as the prayer we have the presentation as the Lord gave the twelve year old back to her parents so did Peter when Dorcas was raised to life verse 41 he called the saints and the widows and presented her alive he gave them back to her to them no Peter didn't raise Dorcas to life God raised her to life Peter was just the instrument you know that ought to challenge us here we have Peter praying over the dead praying to the Lord that he would raise darkness did the Lord praying in the house of Jairus raised the 12 year old daughter to life that ought to encourage us to pray for those who are dead and trespasses and in sin those who are spiritually dead we see how the Lord raised darkness up we see how the Lord raised up Jairus' daughter. There are those that may know of her spiritually dead. Prayer will raise them up. And the grace of God. There's the prayer and there's the presentation. And there is the product. What was the product of all of this? What did the death and raising up of Dorcas produce there in the city of Joppa? Verse 42. There we read, and it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. That's what was produced by law. Many believed in the Lord when they heard about darkness been raised to life look at verse 35 of Acts 9 and all that dwelt in Lydda and Saron saw him that is Aeneas Peter was able to heal Aeneas and he arose and he made his bed and we read in verse 35 and all that dwelt in Lydda and Saron saw him and turned to the Lord souls were saved when an ass was healed souls were saved when darkness was raised and when the Lord raised up Lazarus what do we read John 11 verse 45 then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him I think of Lazarus been raised from the dead in August think of the prayer that Dr. Paisley but often often and exhort others to pray 
He used to say, we need to pray that God will raise Lazarus as in our times. What he meant was that the Lord will save some notable sinner. And God will save that notable sinner and get the town talking. And the people in the town will come to find out what it was that changed that man, that drug addict, that drunkard, whatever his past life was. You need to pray that God will raise Lazarus from the dead. We need to pray the Lord will raise Lazarus from the dead. We need to pray the Lord will raise Dorcas from the dead. And get people talking. How did so and so get saved? Somebody who's well known in the time for their sinful wicked life. The Lord saved them. Boy, that would get tongues going, wouldn't it? Beautiful, lovely woman was darkness. Christ like in so many ways. And there was a job of certain disciple in Tabitha which by interpretation is called Dorcas this woman was full of good works an acts of kindness which she did beautiful lovely Christian woman and the Lord bless his word to her hearts let's bow and pray Lord, dear Lord, we thank thee for thy word. We thank, Lord, of this woman, Dorcas, hidden, as it were, among the many names of individuals in the Bible. And yet how she shines forth as a bright shining light for the Lord. We know, Lord, there are many like Dorcas who do a work for God behind the scenes. Very few people know about it. But the Lord knows. And what the Father saith in secret, we're told he shall reward thee openly. And how the life of Dorcas was rewarded and the salvation of so many souls. Dear Lord, write thy word upon our hearts tonight. May we meditate upon what thou hast told us. Be with us, Lord, as we leave the house of God. Keep thy hand upon us, dear Lord, throughout this week. It was healthy and safe and well. I am in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. They are abiding portion now and forevermore. Amen.